Welcome to the Ain't Shit Show. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, sorry about that. It's been, it, it was wild. We're going like old school and recording this using Craig, which is something we haven't done in years because we've been using Audacity, but um, we had some technical difficulties and Ivy's probably going to kill me for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm glad to have... Limited. Yeah, the technical difficulties is me having Arch Linux installed in my laptop. <laughs> yeah, man, Linux is a is a real nerd move, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's um, glad to have you, um, Phil. I this is Phil Philipak. Uh, please, if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, yeah, let me it's, know. it's it's perfectly pronounced. Okay. Perfect. Um, yeah, you are. So you're we like the joke on my Twitter. I guess like on the podcast is that like I exist in two worlds on Twitter and it's shit post Twitter, which is just, you know, shit posters and guys name like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, fart, Karl Marx.net, you know, those kind of guys. Those are like my guys. I get those guys that were friends, you know? And then the yeah. other half of my, like, and this is the part and they don't get along at all. It's big brain Twitter. And if I had to put you somewhere on that, I'd put you on big brain Twitter because you you have the big brain, you're doing the big brain stuff, you're making the big brain moves, you're you're talking about things in in ways that are genuinely enlightening, but also at the same time just kind of like mysterious. If I don't have any interest in what it is that you're talking about, but like recently, I was reading through your Substack uh, today, and I like I didn't get a chance to really dive in as deep as I would have liked to, but I did read your article about like agency, and I found that fascinating. Um, and all my like shit posts, yeah, all my shit poster listeners are like, man, I'm tired of this dude. <laughs> I'm tired of listening to smart guys on my podcast, on my comedy podcast. But <laughs> yeah, right. But there, th there is a funny like meme kind of uh, illustration to that post. Like, yeah, uh, I like. <laughs> I, I, I need, I need, I need to build up agency cycle. Yeah, uh, yeah. The are you okay? Or like, are you doing? Are you doing well, yeah. son? And it's just like yeah. scribbles, and he's like, I need to build agency. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Actually, thank you, thank you for such uh, high praise. And actually, uh, I have a T-shirt. Uh, I, I listed uh, ten things uh, people can talk uh, to me about, mm -hmm. and one of them is uh, Twitter shit posting. <laughs> <laughs> that so, rock. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> but 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 all the nine, uh, all, all the nine others are like big brain, <laughs> big so. brain theories and concepts. Yeah. yeah, I've always found my approach to like understanding anything has been like comedy. Like for me, I, I've t I've talked about it before, but like I I've read everything, like I've read every single thing, and I've gotten pretty deep in Lacan, but I read a lot of like Zizek, not because I had an interest in Zizek, more or less because. Um, I was in a shit posting group on Facebook and I was like, I need to understand all these jokes, right? Like, and that's, I just ended up reading this guy's entire, like everything he'd ever written and then going into like his backlog and reading his other stuff, like not his stuff, but uh, like his, I guess like the people he modeled his ideas around like Lacan. And as I'm reading, like, as I was reading like Jacques Lacan and being like, man, am I learning things right now? Like, this is not what I, this is, I was doing this for a joke. What is going on, right? <laughs> and I, I think that that's a healthier way to come across knowledge, to like yeah. build knowledge. Totally. And I, I appreciate people who can build knowledge and be friendly and funny about it, right? I, mm -hmm. I 
I, I also have a Substack called Xeno Transmissions where I talk about, I, my favorite thing to do is to make up words, right? Is to take two words that have nothing to do with each other uh, and just kind of push them together. So like Xeno Homies and Xeno, uh, Xeno Anarchy were the two things that I came up with recently, which yeah, nice. to me nice. is just, it's just a funny word, but I, I've been thinking a lot about it. And the more that I think about like, this concept of Xeno homies, like an outside, and you were talking about this with agency uh, in in your in your Substack about agency, how agency works, how sometimes, and like this is uh, kind of counterintuitive, but sometimes the best way to increase your agency is to uh, like meet more people that don't share your beliefs, and yeah. I yeah. I think like that very much goes hand in hand with like what homies is all about. Because the homies is this idea that you belong to a larger structure, like a big, a much larger structure, but that structure that you belong to is inherently different from you. And so like, but you belong, you're, you you have to be there. You, there is no other option for you, right? You, it's a, like a, it's a natural process that you find yourself alone in this kind of like foreign land or like this kind of alien world. But does, just because you're alone, doesn't mean that you're by yourself, you have the homies. So you have this thing that is also like foreign to you outside of you, but it also supports you. And that's a very similar like, it's the same mindset of like how to achieve agency in a way like in a world that increasingly wants to take it from you. You know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know, I, I feel like we're simpatico, like in that, uh, in that same mindset of like, it, it's, yes. it benefits you. It benefits you to, to be around people that don't share certainly. your views. So, certainly. And the interesting thing here is that I, I, I'll get a little back to to the idea of uh, uh, Xena Anarchy and uh, Xena Homies is that uh, since, I, since I was 17, uh, my nickname was Xena Hunter. Mm -hmm. And at first it was exclusively uh, from the Warhammer uh, mm -hmm. Uh, 40k like uh, Xena hunters and like uh, guys who hunt uh, mm -hmm. some alien uh, monsters and kind of stuff but uh, then I, I I didn't want to uh, give up on that nickname because I like that uh, mm -hmm. it's like quite concise and uh, mm -hmm. nice looking and I decided to like revisit what it means and I decided that hunter is n not exclusively like uh hunt prey and like kill someone it's also about hunting for new meanings hunting for like uh for different uh paths in the world and uh xeno is something new something alien and, and so mm -hmm. you can uh actually um, transform that uh like uh, i could actually transform that uh nickname into uh hunter for new knowledge for like for alien new and mm -hmm. like unexpected uh knowledge for yourself yeah and, that's yeah i came across the word xeno from the xeno feminist manifesto that someone had asked me to read i so the kind of person that i am is that if someone if i hear people talking about stuff and i have no idea what they're talking about i'll just i'll tell them that right <laughs> which is a, something that i've actually found there's two parts of like big brain twitter 
Um, and there's one part that I really get along with, and there's one part that I really don't get along with. And the part that I get along with is the part that is similar to me in that if I don't know something, I let people know that I don't know what I'm right. Like, <laughs> hey, I don't know what this is or what it means, but I want to know more. How do I do that? And there's lots of people on Big Brain Twitter that are happy to tell you, like, oh yeah, this is you know you should read this guy or take a look at this or listen to this podcast or and it's really good. Like, it's a very great resource for me. But the, the flip side, the other guys, that they also don't know what they're talking about, but they refuse. They refuse to let that like let that hand show. You know what I mean? And those yes, are the guys yes. that I can't those there's lots of those guys as well. And it's very difficult for me to like parse any information out of them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like to understand because they don't even fundamentally understand what they're talking about. And yeah. I've met many people like that, especially yeah. in, the in the jobs, in the technical yeah. jobs. Many, many managerial positions are taken by people who don't know the hell of what what people in their company uh, were doing, but they uh, still uh, try to um, manage manage that somehow, like to guess uh, what to do, and like it's. I I've it's it's always seen. Yeah. yeah. It's you know one of the things that I've actually found that interesting about those kinds of guys is that like they may know or they may not know. It, they might just be out of practice for like practical knowledge that they needed to possess to have the job, but the one skill that they like almost never have is managerial skill because people don't think that you need to learn how to manage people. People kind of think that yes. and that's very interesting to me that there's a shift it's been this shift for a very long time where very few people come to understand that management is not management is like it's a systems analysis like you have to understand systems and then beyond that you have to understand a little bit of psychology it's a it's a multi fact like it's a multi-faceted uh like knowledge base that you have to really kind of grind and understand and like i'm nowhere yeah. near i'm not i'm not i'm not management material but when I ran a kitchen, I had to understand how to manage a kitchen. And I like, you know, I read books and a lot of books about like managing stuff tells you how to manage people in an office, but it doesn't tell you how to manage, you know, a guy who's hung over, right? And cooking tacos, right? Like that's an entirely yeah. different management style. So you have to learn how to adapt all of those like things and, and utilize people at, you know, in their potentials and make them not feel yeah. exploited. And like, that's a very difficult and delicate, like dance. And even I wasn't, I wasn't as great as I could be at it. I'm not, a, I'm not a, I don't think I'm a good manager. I'm terrible with time. I don't, right? Like I, like today's, yeah, that, I, that, that, that's, that's what uh, good managers usually say. <laughs> that they're terrible. <laughs> well, so I, I, I know where my downfalls are. I know. And I think that like, what's interesting to me and what's really actually interesting about like, the going back to like because i only read that article about agency but going back to it i was trying to i guess like what i'm trying to what i wanted and i didn't really get it at the very end but i was gonna ask you when you were on was kind of like at what point like what is agency for i guess right like what, what it's one thing to maintain it and to have agency right and you have the agency to make decisions and do these things but eventually you accumulate all this agency so then like for you in a perfect world what would what would like a perfectly amount like a, a perfectly amassed amount of like agency in like your own life and kind of like your the things what would you do with that once you have it 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Like, uh, absolutely fascinating question. Um, okay, so in, in a perfect world, uh, all people cooperate and uh, we build uh, and explore the universe and like do all kinds of things that make the lives of, of all uh, all entities uh, fascinating and without pain and like uh, like the ultimate idea of like mm, heaven like utopia mm. uh, so I think uh, I'm trying to like increase it step by step and like it's it's on it's in my bio on twitter it's mm. like increasingly alive and that's mostly equivalent to what i think uh agency to be mm -hmm. so I... yeah so, so 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 basically uh the the end the ultimate goal of uh, applying all that agency is to induce it in other people and to cooperate with uh, like the meta tribe with with a growing uh, like gradually growing group of people who are on the same uh, on the same leg like wavelength um, I guess yeah well, yeah on the same wavelength and mm -hmm. uh, who try to build that future together mm -hmm. so I think that's it's like a goal in itself. And j j just for, for for the sake of it, it's it's like beautiful. It feels like a beautiful concept. Yeah, no, I think that is that's a great ultimate goal for like, I mean, like any kind of uh, dream. Like even like the homie, the, it's very similar to like the homie mindset, which is like, um, you know, at the end of time, uh, there'll be a great garden, and all the homies are waving back and inspiring the people that haven't reached the end of time yet, right? So like. You know, the homie mindset is time isn't a singular experience thing, but something that exists always through like epigenetics. So like, you know, the very first uh, singular cellular, singular cell organism that, you know, poofed into existence and decided that it was actually going to be two singular cell <laughs> organisms, the, mm -hmm. that that was the first homie. And, you know, then the final whatever it is, we're when we're looking like approaching, you know, heat death in the universe whatever the last things are waving back at us, those are the final homies, right? But no matter what, along that timeline, they're eternal, right? And it's just essentially like, homies is essentially a, a bigger abstraction for the word like sentience, right? Mm -hmm. And like sentience, a lot of people have this notion that sentience is, I don't know, like they have sentience that like, uh, they have this notion that sentience means like human life, right? Or like, there's a human aspect to it. But I, I disagree with that because I think sentience is just anything that can experience surface level reality, right? And like, mm -hmm. even, I don't know, I, I talk about this and this gets a little bit more spiritual than anything else, but like in uh, in Japanese, they have something called Shinto and Shintoism. And Shintoism mm -hmm. has these concepts where if enough care and love and um, like just craftsmanship or any kind of like imbued thought is placed in an object itself the object then takes on a personhood right it becomes it has a spirit it becomes a person because it's so well taken care of right and i think about yeah. that all the time that's not a bad thing that that's not a that like in in the like 
uh, Occidental Western tradition, things aren't people. And it's very like, there's a very clear divide of like what people is, right? And like, Occidentally, like in Western culture, they're always trying to strive to separate people from nature, right? They're telling you animals aren't people. People are, sometimes they'll even say some other people aren't people. And that's, you know what I mean? Like there's such a high, really like interest in elevating one type of person that I just disagree with on a very- So like all all, all those NPC takes, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, especially like NPC main character takes. I don't know if you know the like, the- Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, on on TikTok actually, it's very interesting to me because kids like they're not kids but like in my brain they're kids because they're like 19 21 and that's you're you know you're still at me at 22 years old was literally a 12 year old that had access to booze right <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's just kind of how that works and you you don't really like until you've really had some serious life experience it's kind of difficult to like really you know but what i've noticed a lot of people on tiktok uh there's this like meme going around and it it's a little dangerous to me it, it feels dangerous but it's the meme of seeing other people that aren't exactly you as npcs and seeing yourself as the main character and it's this weird solipsism where like the louder and crazier and more psychotic i am the more main character i am which is it's like hey man it's like you're just being yeah, you're being selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just being selfish, right? You're literally just being selfish, and that's you're not you're not doing anything conducive to like a greater to to maximizing like you know more main characters. Why do you want to be the only main character, right? Like, to why do, do you want it? Yeah. yeah, to do that idea justice, uh, I think it's probably a useful lens to look at some aspects of our life, like the NPC main character thing. But it's good as a self-critique tool, not self, uh, how to... Aggrandizement, like self... Yes, like, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So it's, yeah, uh, I... pe- people like such things, such ideas, because they uh, allow them to look better in their own eyes. And mm-hmm. uh, they use many tools, many ideas to uh, like pat themselves on the back and say, yeah, you're good, mm-hmm. you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a good boy, you're... Like um, yeah, no, no, that's it's not not um, not a correct way of saying it because what 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 I just said is like not a bad thing to put mm. yourself on the back and say you're yeah, a good no. boy. yeah, you need it. <laughs> it's certainly it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's some kind of self love, and uh, I mean, uh, it's to say you you're higher than any anybody else because of mm-hmm. that idea. Mm-hmm. You're like well, uh, so above whole- everyone. In the in the homie in the in the homie manifesto, um, I I wrote this little piece. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but I wrote this little piece called the homie manifesto. It's on a Substack, yeah. and it's like pretty much just by itself. It's just a standalone thing, and essentially yeah. in it, I am talking about like how to love yourself through others, right? And like, mm-hmm. I talk about like the main, my main criticism, it's a, it's a large, it's a larger critique on society, uh, which hasn't really changed, uh, you know, in the years that have passed since I've written it. But essentially what the critique is, is that you cannot love yourself under like society's current form, like do, due to like the way capitalism works. 
self-love is sold to you. It's a commodity. It's not an actual thing that you can like, you, you, if you, if you buy the right objects, if you partake in the correct experiences, if you pay for the right classes, you'll be able to love yourself. And that's, they've mm -hmm. sold that to you and they've made, they've like removed whatever self-love you could have actually achieved by, by pricing you out of it, right? By making it increasingly expensive and only the top of the top can afford to, to have these experiences. But even then, if you ask them, they're hollow, right? Those, those experiences yeah. didn't translate because they spent the money, right? They, it, it didn't do anything, but kind of like, if anything, make them a little bit more detached. And like, what I talk about is the way that I increased my own happiness and the way that I kind of like started seeing myself more as like more important and more deserving of self-love wasn't by focusing on myself, but was by focusing on people immediately around me that I could directly help. And it started out something like very simple, like with me just going to like soup kitchens and, you know, donating money that I could and like getting involved in like local charities and not giving money because I didn't have the money to give them, but giving my time. And then from that, I met a bunch of people, like just people, friend, and like started up friendships. And anytime they needed something, I was there to help them out. And eventually helping them work through them, like through their worst moments in their lives, helped me work through mine, right? Because I was one, I was learning how to apply all that knowledge that I had like accumulated through all the like self-help books and you know, everything that they're selling to you. Mm -hmm. I finally figured out how to apply it. But beyond that, I also learned that like the, the best value judgment of a person isn't how much money they make, isn't how much any of the stuff, but more or less how much people love them around them. You know what I'm saying? How much people are willing to go to bat for them because that means that they've, they've directly impacted a community. You know what I'm saying? Like they, that mean, like they have an actual, yes, like, yes. like, like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? They have an actual value that can't be measured in money. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even if that value is like just pure mascot, right? Like if you're, if you're the mascot of your friend group where you don't really bring much to the table, but everyone loves you, that that's a huge value. You bring a massive value to people and you would never yeah, believe it. Right. And, and uh, those kind it, of, yeah, I totally relate to that actually about yeah. helping people, about helping the community and growing the community. That, um, that is the, the best way to, at least for me, like to tie it back into your thoughts on agency, that is the best way to increase your own agency is to literally start helping other people, right? Like increase and maximize their own agency. And like it, that utopian world that you were describing at the end, like, you know, like in a perfect world where if we can figure everything out, that perfect utopia where everyone is maximizing their own agency the the real like and this is what i talk about all the time and this is a little bit more controversial for some people but once you've accumulated power right which is what i call it, that's agency essentially is just power agency is the ability to say i want to do this and then be able to do it right that's yes. that's essentially power which is essentially agency which is the same they're they're mutual there's a little bit of a difference between them but they're essentially mutual once you've accumulated yeah yeah once you've accumulated that kind of power give it away right like that's that like that's the goal of power is to once you have a ton of it give it away start yeah, giving by, by, by giving it away you, yeah. you accumulate even more because yeah. it's like it, when you start helping people you accumulate the power that power but it, yeah. it's it's like it's like uh 
if you spend it on yourself, you can uh, like exhaust the source of power. But if you help others, it's yeah okay. You probably can exhaust it in some local in short term view, but uh, in the long run, it, it, it's non exhaustible uh, if uh, spread out. Yeah. Well, I I think one of the things that I have a big issue with and a lot of like this is more or less like big brain twitter takes but the idea that people have to they they have to scale things right if you make a model if you create a system it has to scale it has to be able to scale into the biggest possible thing and i disagree with that 100 i homies does not scale whatsoever <laughs> homies at the most could be 35 people right maybe 50 if we're lucky but what i would like is i would like you know, a trillion clusters of 50 people all cooperating. Does that, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, but, that's but that's scaling. scaling. Yeah, it's scaling. And it's scaling, it's scaling it's, but it's, it's, not, it's not you scaling some operation uh, from a hierarchical standpoint. Like it's not yeah. you on top of trillion people, but it's you enabling trillions of groups to communicate. Yes. So that's, yeah. that's still scaling. It's scaling. It's scaling in a different way, though. I think because a lot of people, the way that they see scaling and this is more or less just like this is a difficulty of people not having context because like especially like i'm i'm fairly like i'm i'm not fairly i'm extremely left-leaning like i'm dangerously left-leaning but i uh the way that you know when you talk to anyone who is a leftist on twitter or any like you know any space not just on twitter just in real life mm -hmm. their first and only real understanding of like where power belongs and how it works is through communism. And they all talk about like the Soviets. And there's some people who look at like, you know, Soviets. And I, I honestly, I don't know enough of the history to really have like a real, whether or not was the Soviets good or bad. I don't care, right? <laughs> like I, yeah. I like for me, the, the, the dialectical of power where it's all concentrated on a single party or a single type of guy or one guy or, you know, that strongman politic always rubs me the wrong way. And I've yet to see in on, like on earth, like, you know, in human history, groups of people who are vastly different cooperating towards the same end, right, in a functional long term way. And I don't think everyone's like, well, then, you know, what you're advocating for is impossible. And I said, no, 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 because like, you know, 300 million years ago, standing or like even, you know, let's say like a couple billion years ago, standing on two legs as an ape was impossible. Right. And here we are doing it right. Like, so I don't think that we're there yet, but there's not a, that's not to rule it out. That's not to say that it'll never happen. It's just we're not there yet. And that kind of like understanding of deep time is more important to me than like, you know, thinking about the immediate right now and so for me like i how i think about the immediate and how i like manage the right now is i look around my friend groups i look around the people that i have direct agency around like direct like i can you know walk to their houses or talk to them or call them on the phone how do i maximize their life how do i give you know what i'm saying like how do i how do i directly impact them in a better way and i think that 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 stuff is way more important than whatever some nerd on Twitter is like, you know, we know we need to scale immediately tomorrow. We need central government, right? Like, I, I just can't, I can't yeah, do sure. it. Can't, yeah. And uh, to get back on your idea of everything being spiritual and like uh, to have some kind of sanctions, it's um, 
it rings a true bell for me and uh, it's mm, it's kind of very much related to open individualism and panpsychism I'm I'm not sure about like the widespreadness of those terms, mm-hmm. uh, but the idea of open individualism is that like basically everyone are the same people like like every, everyone are the same blob of consciousness that is growing from like from from the ground up from the first replicators and uh, mm-hmm. or probably even from from the physical interactions in the world and like growing toward like a general universal consciousness mm-hmm. uh, yeah i'm not sure if it's true i have no idea but uh i think it's a beautiful perspective to uh, like to get grounded in uh at least sometimes and to uh like a f- like a f- fundament to to build some some uh, ethical edifice uh, uh, inside your head. It's, yeah, I yeah. the way that I the way that I look at like the way that I look at like panpsychism and and like open individuality like on that scale. It for me like the actual real, I guess like usefulness of it right. In like to use it in praxis is legitimately not taking things personally. How can I take anything personally if it's me that's also doing it to myself, right? Like, right, seeing it like in those terms of like, you're just a person like I am. We're the same. I can't take yes. it personally. I'm sorry, right? Like, I, you're, 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 whatever misunderstanding or misgiving that we have right now, it's not me. It's not like, it's not, it's you projecting something, some ugliness that is ultimately in the core of myself and both of us, right? And so I can't take it personally. It's just something that exists. And I apologize for that, right? Like being able to have that kind of like perspective does make it very easy for me to swallow, I guess, like some of the, some of the harder, more destructive parts of humanity. Right. And I I think that you're right. Like it is a good metaphor. And what I, I often. It's it's like, uh, I'd say like the ugliness is if we look at, uh, pure nature, like like low-level nature, uh, the mm-hmm. evol- evolution and all the quirks of evolution, uh, many of those are ugly. Like, many of those are just uh, blindly optimizing for benefit of its own kind, like for just for the sake of replicating. But uh, eventually all that, uh, uh, all that led us to being apes, uh, standing on two feet, uh, two legs, and uh, like communicating with language and building some interesting uh, structures in our minds and all that. So I think it's probably like the current uh, deviations of humanity in the like in the evil way. Uh, those are like quirks of the evolution of consciousness. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not it, it's just not right here right now. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's something like the universal consciousness like in that utopian way of looking at it it's some somewhere in the future it's uh it's not attainable like in a, in one step yeah there is a long long uh 
like long uh, stairs, stairway, stairway to heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's not a bad metaphor, man. I mean, like, and I think that immediateness is something that gets lost on most people when you do talk about utopian systems, right? They assume that it's within the next 50 years. Some even assume it's within the next 10 months. And there's, you know what I mean? There's, it's an impossibility you're, you're asking for. That's why they say, well, if that was the case, then how come it isn't that way now, right? Or like, how come the world is still evil now? And I, and I agree with you. It, it's because it's a multi-step. it's a multi -step. But I think like changing the framing, right? A lot of the ugliness of like, like you said, like lower evolution, right? Which... It's, weird. it's a weird, that's a weird term for me, because I don't know if I agree with the, the the term lower evolution, because I think that, in a way, everything is always evolving towards a different goal, right? Like, towards something, and one of the, like, interesting things that I think that I talk about, and I talked about it recently on the little substack that I brought up, was that the common goal of life is an audacious act, right? It's, because, like, the universe, the the massive universe this large giant uncaring void that you know is un undescribable unexplainable un we don't know anything about it life is the anomaly being alive is the anomaly because the large vast you know universe itself is, yeah. pretty, is pretty dead there's not much going on that we know of right but life but that, 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 that meme about exponential growth uh from like millennia ago and mm -hmm. to now and it's like a sharp curve uh, mm -hmm. upwards and uh, the guy on top of that curve uh, yeah, on top yeah. of that curve and it, like my life is pretty typical <laughs> yeah yeah uh, so it's not yeah. typical about our life yeah no it's it's that's what i mean like it's it's a very it's an audacious act all things that exist are existing audaciously and like now we're moving into a era like we're moving closer towards it like especially with like advances in ai and machine learning and you know just coming around the corner where we're gonna have to understand our you know where we're gonna have to define consciousness where we're gonna have to define sentience where we're gonna have to define agency soul right creation is this thing that we created it does it get to live in the pantheon of things that exist right of things that are you know, life, things that are fighting against the entropy, entropy is the wrong word, uh, a friend of mine corrected it, but fighting against like this big, vast nothing, this big, vast void mm -hmm. are, are these, it does this count? Do, and I say, yes, it does, right? Because, because of my Shintoist outlook where, you know, if you imbue enough care into a thing or an object or even like a place, it becomes real, it becomes a person, it becomes, it, it has a personhood, it has a persona attached to it and it should that's a good thing and i think that like one of the scarier concepts that i think people don't are not ready for or are afraid of is the idea that if giving up person or giving personhood to like an ai or giving personhood to like a sea slug or giving personhood to like a, a moss or an algae means that it removes personhood from them and i i don't think that it works that way i don't i think that's a that's a fallacy that a lot of people have Right, where they think that by giving other people's rights or other, you know, this isn't just like regarding animals, but like people, right? Like within our own, you know, culture, countries, uh, neighbors, right? Like people in our neighborhoods, by giving them rights, we're not taking our own rights away, right? It doesn't mean that we have less rights. And I think that's a very, 
it's a it's a very it's a very common logical fallacy that a lot of people kind yeah. of like are following. Yeah, yeah. People, people regard rights distribution as like a zero sum game. And yeah, yeah. Trying to get more rights for themselves. Yes. And that's that, that, that's what we see with dictatorships. It's like mm -hmm. the ultimate form of that in in human society. Mm -hmm. And we we but have in, all this. Yeah, but to to amend a bit for uh, for my previous words about lower evolution, it's like mm -hmm. I meant low level evolution in terms of like uh, structurally easier uh, or, or even temporally uh, predating ours uh, our times. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. so it's like since it's gradual uh, increase in complexity so i refer to it's it's like assembly language is low level yeah, yeah. And c c++ is higher level etc yeah the way i the way i'm seeing it is like like a hierarchical which is the incorrect way to see it right i guess cuz the way uh, that you're, okay. you're you're seeing it is more or less like no this is the steps you take before you, from a to b so like you're thinking legos and i'm thinking animal kingdoms right <laughs> so it's an entirely different I feel like but, but 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 they still have uh, like uh, animal kingdoms uh, still have traits uh, passing between each other and uh, those traits uh, evolved in some kingdoms and then uh, like manifested uh, uh, yeah manifested themselves in the other uh, or probably evolved independently but uh, it's a very usual way for something to evolve in one place and then get to all the other branches. Mm -hmm. I think we have a, a friend of ours in the in one of our group chats that we're in who's obsessed with like crabs, um, mostly just because they keep repeating themselves on an evolutionary scale, which is very funny. And like mm -hmm. entirely different animals will just evolve or devolve into it's both. They like evolve and evolve at the same time into a crab. So the universe has this thing for like crabs, like creating <laughs> creating crabs for some reason. And it's so, very so, so even if we uh, if we encounter an alien civilization, it's quite likely that they will be looking like crabs. Yeah, there's there's a high chance. <laughs> I was thinking about this recently because of like just the way that human like the way the internet works. If you think about the internet, the internet is a human repository for all information, and you know doesn't mean that it's good information. It just means that that's where we store stuff, right? And yes. so if you were to take an AI. And you were to, you know, have it read the entirety of the internet. And, you know, that's that the entirety of the internet was its, I guess, like trainer, right? Like the training prompt for it to like, you know, mm -hmm. gather intelligence and create some kind of like personality and, you know, involved beyond that. When you think about it, my my theory is that it would just evolve to be a giant cat. Because the the largest the largest and i don't mean like a cat like in the sense of like you know it's a cat that speaks and it has cat thoughts no i mean like it's a cat it's a it's an it's an artificial intelligence that is a cat it can't we can't speak with it it has a feline intelligence we can't understand it but it for, for it's a cat and the reason why is because if you look at the largest portions of the most amount of information stored on the internet it's mostly cat videos it's mostly cat related. Oh. <laughs> right? The largest, like, I should, a, I, I should have guessed. Yeah, yeah. From the data, <laughs> from yeah, like from a data perspective, every single like every meme has. There's like you can. There's trillions of photos of cats on the internet, and there's you know probably trillions of hours of of cat content on the internet, or billions maybe. Like, so you know, and that's the more common 
that's like the most common the most common denominator yeah. it doesn't matter like if you're on the internet and you want to escape an echo chamber and you want to get outside of it this is what i found you post cat videos when you post cat videos you will find yourself on all kinds of stretches of just like you will find like all walks of life will will come to like you right <laughs> which is great it's crazy to me it doesn't okay, matter I'll, I'll try to track that uh the next time i post a, a cat video yeah i'm, I'm telling <laughs> you you will like if you go like especially on twitter i did this on my old account i used to post like cat videos and stuff just when i was like needing more attention right when i wanted tons of likes and then when i started what i figured out was i would look at the people that didn't follow me i would like repost them and all that stuff and then i would look at all of like their likes and a lot of times i would find such a broad spectrum of twitter user and that, that doesn't just work on twitter it used to work on facebook as well too like any anything that goes viral that's cat if you go and you look at the like the walks of life and you like just take a slice of life i mean part of this is my job i work in marketing so like i have to be able to do this kind of stuff but if you go and you look at these people's profiles these social media profiles you'll be able to make very quick snap judgments about the kinds of media that they like and the only real through line that any of them share is they all like cat videos and it's very fascinating it's fascinating because yeah. i don't know where that comes from or why that is but it's an interesting like trait that that i guess like humans have our monkey brains have have like fixated on cats right <laughs> like we like cats yeah yeah and yeah, part by of the that... way but by, by the way great apes uh, like cats too so yeah th there are many videos of uh, gorillas or uh, chimpanzees uh, uh, where they pet cats and they like very careful about them and mm -hmm. do you think that do you think that that could be like a epigenetic toxoplasmosis that we're experiencing <laughs> it might be it yeah might be. i we, I we cannot we, we cannot rule out that hypothesis yeah uh, <laughs> I think about that kind of stuff all the time. And I feel like th that kind of stuff makes me feel like a crazy person, right? Because like no one else is thinking about those kinds of, of, of ideas where, you know, our, our seemingly, what is it called? Uh, our obsession with cats it, to, to say that, you know, it's actually like a parasitic, uh, you know, um, what is it? What am I thinking of? A, a disease, right? <laughs> Created by a parasite, some kind of, right? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the kind of stuff that crazy people, that's a, that's a conspiracy theory only crazy people talk about. You, <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the day you can easily, uh, like, uh, uh, come close to a cat and not pet it, it's, mm -hmm. you, you, you can know you're cured. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I do find like I do. That's kind of like where that's and going back to like the very beginning of like how I learn things. It's through jokes. I learned about like the toxoplasmosis thing because I was curious about why, like, why are people so obsessed with cats? Like through culturally through throughout, you know, our mm -hmm. we've, we just always had like as humans, we've always had this fascination with cats. And that doesn't exist uh, with any other animals. I think with the only other exception being dogs. But there's like an evolutionary precedent for that. Like we literally evolved yes. side by side with them. Whereas with cats, we domesticated them once and then they kind of became undomesticated for a while. And then they, we domesticated them again as soon as like the industrial revolution came back and we decided to start keeping cats as pets. And like, that's fascinating to me that that is how it went down because, you know, that how is 
how what why what is the that like I went and did a deep dive on like how cats work basically for that and then I found out about toxoplasmosis and now it's the basis yeah, of and, and to think of it uh, there should have been a great epidemic in uh, in Egypt yeah like uh, when they uh, praised cats and like and there were cults of those and, mm. I mean, and there wasn't cults of any other animals like there was animal cults like a but not in the same, not at the same degree. When you really look at like the architecture there, but this is also me, like one guy, yes. you know, visual. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there were uh, like the cow cult. Uh, there was a cow cult. There was a, an uh, like a crocodile or alligator one I know of uh, along the Nile. Um, I'm sure there, there, there was something. Uh, bird bird base yes but i'm not sure about which ones so it's like spinning somewhere in my head but i mean i'm probably while guessing so one of the interesting things about like like aztec and olmec and early like mesoamerican cultures is um they there was a lot of like animal based uh, what's the word i'm looking for there's a lot of like animal um I don't know. It's it's different. It's different from like the like worship. To call it worship is is weird because that's not what it, what it was. But there was like an animism where you wanted to mm-hmm. be this type of animal, and it was like normal and regular to yeah, like kind of totemism, probably. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. That's exactly what. Yeah, to, totemism. Um, being able to like embody this type of animal or creature was normalize and regular and i like i i was talking about this because i'm doing another podcast with some friends where we talk about like furries and stuff and i was explaining to them that i think that like there's a human precedence in this for centuries like for you know millennia right like humans have always saw the animals around them and wanted to be like them in some way yeah right and like furries is is is, like just the most natural it's like the most natural normal outcome for like right and you don't want to people don't want to think yeah. about it like in that way but like from a you know there is an I, there is an anthropological explanation for i should her. i should i should i should retell this to my wife uh, <laughs> should, she, she, she's she's not too fond of furries like uh, as, a, as a style as an art style mm-hmm. and uh, like to to say it's the most natural thing in in the world to 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 come to furries mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> It will be quite a stretch for her. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I understand. Like I, I had for a long time. I had a, I had a problem with furries. I had my own when I was like a long time ago. I had a Tumblr that was decent, like just doing pretty decent numbers. And that Tumblr was an art Tumblr, and I used to just draw things. And my one Tumblr, like the one picture that really started picking up steam, was a picture of a guy in a bunny costume that was robbing people. Right. And so that was just that was just like a cartoon character that I created where he was like robbing banks, but he's dressed like in a full, you know, bunny outfit. And um, furries took over the comments and just started like drawing him doing depraved things. (laughs) And I like was so mad about it because I couldn't, you know, I had no control. I couldn't stop it. And I was like, you know, this isn't what I wanted. But eventually I came around to it because I realized, you know what, like these people are legitimately they're enjoying something that i created i can't hate on it right it's not a bad i you know like they're not doing it in a way that i personally agree with 
but that doesn't matter because they're they're they found some enjoyment and it's whatever and then long in the longer term as i began like meeting more and more people especially like on twitter and communities i like i have a there's a big community of like furry followers that i have that are pretty good people and they're really nice and i think like they would feel very validated by letting them know that there was an there's an anthropological explanation for like you know their inclination to want to be like another animal like to want to embody a different animal that's like yeah, right yeah and i think that and, and and that uh existed independently in many cultures yeah it's like a, a very similar thing uh happened to vampires yes so actually actually uh if uh, if you ever digged in that uh, subject there there are many uh myths and legends of vampires uh they date differently so they're like from different centuries but they seem to evolve uh independently in most of those cultures mm -hmm. so it's like uh it, it certainly was there in in like the slavic mythology in mm -hmm. uh uh mesoamerican uh mm -hmm. mythology in indian one and in mm -hmm. uh and probably in North, Norse, Old Norse mythology. So it's like many, many different, uh, absolutely different cultures and all they uh, featured some idea of, uh, of someone who drinks blood. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and of course, animism and totemism uh, mm -hmm. is also about many regions. The pre the pre Graham yeah. Stoker Dracula, uh, or like not Dracula, the pre like the pre Dracula, pre Bram Stoker, vision of vampires is very much closer to like anthropomorphized uh predatory creatures so like that's wolves some cats even um and uh vamp like bats right like things that come and suck your blood mm. in the middle of the night so like it's very you're right like they it evolved across all kinds of cultures one of the uh more same with like um werewolves right that that is like both like mesoamerican and just like native american and like even like northern like you know like the arctic circle like mm -hmm. you know even like slavic countries they all anywhere that there are wolves there was yes. men turning into wolves right and it's very interesting to me that people kind of all develop it's the same concept of um do you know about the the dragon like why every every culture individually kind of understands what a dragon is but in america it's they they don't they didn't have a concept for like great serpents and great dragons but they had them all over it's because people think that uh people would discover these great giant bones and mm -hmm. see them as and think like these are they knew that they were lizards somehow i think that it's because like there's a very specific topography or like not topography but there's a very specific anatomy to like mm -hmm. bones and yeah, probably, you can, probably. yeah or, you can, you can, or the structure of the bones uh yeah yeah you can you can easily tell especially like it's probably not common knowledge now because very few people are interacting with like lizard bones and like bones mm -hmm. of animals and stuff on a daily basis at least in the sense that we are now but back yeah, in the day it was probably then, yes. yeah you're probably more knowledgeable about what animals look like interior because you had to process your own animals so like seeing these great giant bones, you could probably identify this is a lizard of some kind. 
and it had to have been mm-hmm. massive. So like the 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 theme of like a dragon starts making more sense, right? And like yeah, I think the reason why that didn't really exist in the Americas, like dragons don't really exist or great serpents. Like there's a great serpent in Mesoamerican, but it it's not it doesn't come from the sky, it comes from the sea. And I think a lot of that has more to do with like they would find bones that would wash up based on like geographical like whale bones and stuff. So they would assume, mm-hmm. oh, that, you know, they didn't, they just saw a big vertebra. So like, that's a snake. Yeah. It's a snake, you know, right? Jormungardr. So, Jormungardr in... Uh, yes, yeah. In like... Yeah. And if you think oh, about like, that's because they're, they're co- like Norse, like Norse mythology stems from a coastal civilization, right? Like they were yeah, yeah. extremely coastal, right? Like they're a peninsula, essentially. So they're... Yeah. They surrounded many many islands and so for them it it, it, it was probably natural to assume that the the whole world is uh, surrounded by by the sea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like that those those kind of like civilization. I'm I'm fascinated by that kind of like historical. I guess like it's guesswork, right? Because you'll never really know the. Sorry about my little dog. But um, you'll you'll uh, you'll understand. Like for me, this this uh, guesswork that you do this like historical guesswork for ancient civilizations to me is always fascinating. And I love doing it because it kind of like explains to me in a way like, you know, to bring it all back home, back to the very beginning that um, even though we've changed lots, like, you know, massive changes from where we started out, we still haven't changed that much. They're still very relatable, like very big, broad, relatable, ideas that we're still really like the world is extremely unknown there's lots of things that we'll never know in our lifetimes but we're you know we're we know more today like what is the your your five-year-old has a better understanding of the world than someone who was 55 you know in you know 1736 right like that's a fascinating that's fascinating to me to think about it like in those ways right like and i can't imagine how much more the future is going to know than what we know right now. Yes. And, uh, that, yeah. and, and to contemplate on, on, on those, on old mytho- mythologies and like to, to do historical guesswork is also mm-hmm. mm, exciting because it's like contemplating on a fictional universe lore, but with something rooted in, uh, in, in the actual world you, you live in. So it's, mm-hmm. Like even even if it's not uh, true, what do you think of mm-hmm. some some kind of cult or a historical period? Uh, it allows you to uh, process some of your inner uh, inner quirks and or probably inner trauma uh, through some lens of so, so some sort of perspective uh, of like history, and mm-hmm. it it will be probably a little bit less of escapism than uh, like D and D or something like that. So yeah. I mean, it, 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 you track your uh, your mimetic ancestry uh, through the ages, and you, you know some people think at least something similar to what you think right now back then, uh, one thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, you know what, I'm actually extremely like, like, 
fascinated by is so we're doing what what like our ancestors were doing right so they didn't have paleological studies they didn't have the ability to like you know do deep digs and and look at like bones and carbon date and any of that stuff so in their minds they were like maybe a couple like 10 20 50 years ago there was a big dragon and a guy came and killed it because that makes sense to me right (laughs) and then here we are like you know sitting comfortably in in rooms and thinking like maybe that guy thought this right (laughs) and we're doing the same right we're doing the same thing that they're doing and i think about like history in like the longer grander scale and i would love like that's what one of the reasons why i love podcasts so much and like i love the audio format is because i can tell you exactly what i'm thinking right and so like you know this is me being what is it called uh incredibly optimistic about the future (laughs) but if someone was to go back in time or like you know in the future was to go back and find this podcast somehow somewhere on a hard drive and listen to it they could hear from me exactly what it is that i'm trying to say what it is that i'm thinking about and i think that that is far more important you know even the the stupid stuff i talk about with my friends when like when the podcast episode isn't heavy and it isn't us thinking about big things as a side note as a side note i I thought we would be thinking about uh funny things too dick jokes and all that stuff yeah Yeah, my bad man yeah Yeah, actually actually uh i I even prepared uh a line uh okay so run it man run out i need to know yeah yeah i I will share it nonetheless uh so I, i was thinking about when when you when you uh, like expose some of the jokes uh, that are mm. quite uh, harsh, uh, mm. I can tell uh, you know why I uh, why I didn't retract my uh, wish to like to come and speak to you. It's because uh, uh, I, I I knew that following you is already ca- made me cancelable. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, wild to me. I don't understand. No, it's so funny because I. People are like, "Oh man, you're you could be canceled," and it's like no one's gonna cancel me because they know I'm tongue in cheek, right? No, like, absolutely, I'm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think uh, uh, <laughs> you, you can be canceled or I can yeah. be canceled. Even even if we were serious, so yeah, even, yeah. Even if we were serious about those jokes and all, all that stuff, it's like the uh, the concept of canceling is like yeah. if I would fear uh, to be canceled, I, I wouldn't joke at all. Yeah, I well, I have the, I have the benefit of being of being of being right. So I, or at least telling people that I don't know. So every now and then I will run across something where I have a very stupid opinion or take on it, and I am not married to that opinion. I'm not, you know what I'm saying. Sure. I'm not willing to die on that hill. I'm, I am willing to hear another person out and be like, what is it about why I said this thing? Why yeah, does it affect? It's a strong, strong opinions loosely held. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. And I think that that but like, you know, I have a vested interest in entertaining people. I have a vested interest in joking with people, but I don't think that it's mutually exclusive that I have to do one or the other. Right. Where yeah, like, absolutely. I don't. Yeah. I'm not, and I think, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, no, no, I, 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 I'm just telling that uh, uh, like a bit of what I expected, actually. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's all right. I, I like to talk about uh, uh, serious stuff, about inspiring stuff, about uh, silly stuff, and uh, the jokes. Like uh, there is no limit to what I can joke about. Uh, so, so this goes back to the to the name of the show. The name of the podcast is the Ain't Shit Show, and the reason why 
is because if you try and really like figure out what the pod is about, it's not about anything. It's it's not about shit. It's just it's it's not it's you know what I mean. It's a big show about nothing, and that kind <laughs> of like that that ability to jump between like you know having some serious subjects and talking about some serious things while also being able to make a dick joke with your friend is extremely powerful because yes. anytime anyone tries to like say hey man this is i got this i this this ideology or i understood this from this podcast it's very easy to be like that comedy podcast what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right that's a powerful powerful technique um, yeah yeah it's uh, it's, it's, it's also it's it's also it's powerful like uh when you think about outward communication so that you can like uh ward off any kind of uh unwanted uh, unwanted attention or unwanted uh scrutiny and at the, uh, at the same time you can uh use that to look inwardly so you can um you can for example uh, like a very vivid example of what i'm talking about is uh when I, um, my wife has a very strong emotional trauma about mathematics it's mm. like it's 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 like a, a total stop sign for her to hurt something about uh, a fraction or, mm. or something like this and uh i desperately wanted to teach her at least some mathematics uh it's ju ju just because i'm nerdy and like mm. I, I want to teach people mathematics uh and so we we struggled a lot of, uh, around that uh, subject, and uh, after probably several months, uh, we uh, gradually came to the idea that uh, mathematics can be taught with deep jokes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started to just tell her prob math problems, formulating them with butts, uh, dicks, uh, vaginas, and all that, and and. Uh, and that and that did did its job. So yeah. so she she actually got involved and she got interested in. Okay, so this is funny, and I am laughing since since I since I'm laughing, I cannot uh, really be too stressed out by mathematics. Yeah. And so that 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 uh, like have broken the ice. Yeah, no, I agree. One hundred. If you listen to the a lot of the other episodes, especially the earlier ones. There's like definitely me saying like me explaining some of the worst childhood trauma that you could probably go through, but then like laughing about it. And I you wouldn't believe how, especially in the earlier podcast, when I had my old um, Twitter still up, I would get DMs from people being like, hey, I went through a very similar thing. Listening to your podcast made me laugh about it. And I don't think I've ever laughed about something like that in my past. Like, I appreciate that. And for me, that is the peak of like that's better than telling me hey i like your podcast that right like that means that i affected someone on a deep level and i that's what i'm striving for right and that's like that's why i've made this a comedy podcast and not a podcast about like you know all of my although it is uh recently a friend of mine gave me the criticism like man the ancient show is just more or less a show about what you find interesting and then i tell them <laughs> well you know what you're lucky that i'm an interesting guy right <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like that's you know you're in luck man right yeah sure so uh no but i i definitely think that comedy is a very it's a great heuristic in which to see the world because you can learn so much about not just yourself but just about like things in general 
and comedy is a great lens to learn about so many different things. Every now and then, though, you will run into a person that doesn't share your comedic value or views. And I, what I've come, and I've, I mean, I ran into my fair share of people that are like that. And usually, if their criticism is valid, and like, but I mean, what I mean by criticism is valid is like, if they have expressed to me in direct terms what it is that they don't like about what it is that I have to say, then I listen, because my my thought process is that no one, I don't like to think of myself as an asshole, but if I come across as an asshole, and the things that I said are like things that people have a problem with or are calling me an asshole and I refute them by saying, yeah, I said them, but it was a joke. Then I'm an asshole because it's inseparable, right? <laughs> like you can't, where does the joke end? Where does it start? Whereas like, if you call me out on something then, and I don't want to be, I don't want to like, you know, I said it, I'll take ownership. I'm like, yeah, I did say that. And I apologize that it made you feel that way because that wasn't my intention. Right. And I can't undo that. But what I can do is tell you that I won't make that joke in front of you anymore. That kind of like, that's the better way to step across, I think, yeah, where, where I think a lot of like comedians don't have that feeling where a lot of comedians are just like, no, I'm just going to call, I'm going to say that you're a snowflake. I'm going to say that you're some kind of like, you know, like sissy liberal. I'm going to say that you're, you know, some kind of, you can't, you, you know what I mean? You're trying to cancel me, but that's not, that's not true, man. If your material can't stand the criticism of a single group of people or like even a single person, then your material isn't good. Right, like you have to change it. You have to be better. Yeah, well, well, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I agree with it uh, in spirit, but I, I don't agree in it like technically because if you really uh, process any of your talks, uh, even like the most soft ones, uh, through mm -hmm. the whole entirety of all people who who who, mm -hmm. who can uh, hear it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think uh, you'll run. Yeah, it's, I know. It's like it's it's impossible to uh, to, to to sleep in any material, like anything True. at all. You you can't say a word uh, hello without uh, some somebody at Being least pre pretending to be mad about yeah. it. So probably yeah. no one be really mad about uh, uh, about you saying hello, but but someone will pretend, and you don't. You you have no tools to uh, tell well, apart. Disingenuous criticism is fairly obvious, right? Like, I, at least that, how I've always seen it. Disingenuous criticism usually comes from someone that has a vested interest in shutting you up, right? That's usually how I like, you know, weigh my criticisms, right? If if some guy from a comedy podcast, you know, comes to me and we're directly competing, and he tells me, "Hey, this joke is bad." I, I have I take it with a grain of salt. Like I'll I'll take what he has to say because maybe he is trying to point me in the direction of like a better craft building. But if if it's just like you know what I mean, if it's just like this joke is this and you know you should do this instead, it's kind of like hey man, I know what you're doing, right? <laughs> like yeah. and same same with like a lot of like grifters on on like Twitter, they do like that language policing thing. Which you know what, more power to them. I my hats off to them, but the way that I've come to understand the way the language that they use, the language that they use is disingenuous because they have a vested interest in controlling the language that is used. Do you know what I'm saying? They have like, yes. you know, they have like merch that has the correct language that they're selling. Yeah, so, so right? 1984 yeah. Uh, tropes. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like one of those things where like, while I agree, while I understand what you're trying to do, 
I think that you're taking away from it by doing this. You know what I'm saying? And like, that's kind of, that's always how I've approached them. But I do, I do my best to like see everyone and meet everyone where they're at. Because I like at my core, I don't want to be an asshole. I'm telling jokes to entertain people. I'm not telling jokes to be a dickhead. Right. Like, and, and this, like when I, you know, have episodes like today where we're talking mostly about like, you know, big brain things that is for entertainment. It's not meant for anything more than that. I'm not trying to like push out like an agenda. Like, even though I do talk about the homies a lot and I have like my own agendas regard that regarding there's no join or die. Right. It's very much. If you find this interesting, listen, if you don't. Okay. The play button's right there. You can turn it right off, you know, <laughs> like, you sure. know, that's, and that, I think that kind of approach is smarter and overall, like a longer lasting approach for like, not just a podcast, but just a way to be. Yeah. It's a very, uh, considerate if, if, if the words is right, uh, very considerate approach. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like, yeah. Yeah. I, I like being considerate, right? Well, I said that as I talked over you, which is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, and also it's a very compassionate uh, way of living and doing uh, doing your stuff. Uh, I, I I wanted to say another thing about uh, humor and like uh, comedy that that is probably should be stated explicitly too. Uh, uh, when you joke a lot about different things and like not really constraining yourself or at least not constraining not constraining your inner joker uh mm -hmm. then you you acquire much more bravery uh to make very uh very uncertain steps in your thinking so it's it's like comedy as a way of training your bravery uh of inner inquiry so it's it's what? it allows you like to to make to make very bold assumptions and not be afraid of uh, making bold assumptions, which which is like many people are afraid of in, inside yeah. themselves, not not like in public, but they they are afraid of thinking about and what what if like uh, uh, there there are probably different uh, strategies to approaching it. One of them is uh, like radical rationalism, like mm -hmm. uh, Elizur Yudkowsky with his. Uh, is uh, 18 months uh, pregnancy interruption okay uh, so uh, it's, it's certainly uh, like all sane people like at least all sane people in in, in what is considered sane in, in the mm -hmm. global culture will consider him insane because like mm -hmm. it's it's really a very very harsh thing but uh, he's radical a centric rationality allows him to question himself or what mm -hmm. if we etc etc so what's uh, about uh, like uh, 18 years uh, after conception abortion so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah no uh, i think I, i'm fascinated by like people who i i i'm i'm in a similar state like because i i do find myself making sometimes people don't understand what i'm saying and they take it the wrong way and they don't understand that i'm that i'm completely serious about my jokes which is which is a crazy 
right which is a crazy thing to say to a person yeah but i when i say things i'm joking but i'm 100 being serious about the joke if that makes any sense and um i i can i can understand where that mindset is and how it works because i myself am am doing those kinds of making those kinds of assumptions and thinking about those kinds of things um i i talk about it a lot where like my my superpower if i were to say that i had a superpower my superpower is that i have like a i have a really good schizo brain that's like an octopus that can take all kinds of that can stretch out in all yeah, different kinds yeah. of ways and just kind of you know collect them all and make them not coherent because i don't want to be coherent but <laughs> yeah. But this compact. is a great analogy, a great, yeah. a great way of, of like, uh, picturing, visualizing. Yeah, and, and just kind of like compacting them and saying, you know what? All these weird things have this thing in common. You ever think about that, right? And the thing that they have in common is me, right? <laughs> the thing they have in common is me analyzing them. That's the reality of what it really boils down to. None of these things are really like codified. But if I can get enough people to like agree with me, then they do start noticing through lines. And I think that that's an interesting way to like present not just like ideas but like more or less like media itself right like any kind of visual aid or like learning you just kind of go out there collect a bunch of random stuff a bunch of aesthetics a bunch of ideas a bunch of concepts just kind of smush them all together and say hey look at this thing that i found like you know what i mean and that that's the that's like my if i had to like i said if i had to say i had a superpower that would be the one thing that i'm really good at is being able to think schizophrenically. I mean, like literally, I have I have like hebephrenia, which is like a form of schizophrenia. But like beyond yeah, that, like yeah, I remember I remember you talking about that on uh, on one of the group podcasts, and and yeah. you were upset about that. You you were upset yeah. that you're you're a hippo hippophrenia. You have a hippophrenia, yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of schizophrenia. Yeah, <laughs> which is like it's a downgrade, man, because like when it's. <laughs> It just kind of like was one of those things where like when people when you tell people oh, I'm a schizophrenic, they like have all these assumptions about you and you can usually like talk them back. But that wall of assumptions is really nice because then, you know, immediately people who will just write you off, people who just be like, no, nah, I'm out. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And that's a nice thing. It helps. But when you're like, no, nah, I'm a hebephrenic, then you get like this. What is that? And then you now it's diff it's a much more difficult to parse, right? Like yeah, where yeah. I have to explain things and be like, you know, sometimes I'm crazy, sometimes I'm not. There's no. Yeah, but you, 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 you basically can choose between those two to like filter <laughs> off uh, people when you want to filter. Like it's it's, it's like uh, a filter within equalizer slider. Yeah, so you, yeah, you, yeah. You just, uh, Okay, uh, today I'm uh, I'm telling people I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> It's That's yeah, it. they're both, they're both true. Is what really what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, they both true, but 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 you you pick what to say to people. So yeah. it's it's like uh, so, some advantage can be uh, built off of that. Yeah, I think so. I think we're at time, and I think I actually have to get. I actually have to get back to work. Uh, I took my lunch sure. break. <laughs> I love I love being able to do like a podcast on my lunch break. That's that's the coolest yeah, thing about cool. my. But um, yeah, anyways, cool. it's been uh it's been great chatting with you, man. I appreciate you coming yeah. on and talking. Um, I absolutely loved it. And yeah, I, I if you want to talking to you, and, yeah. If you want to send me your um your information later so that I can 
link all of that? Because I know you do a lot of stuff. You have the Substack. Uh, there's a few other things like that I saw linked in your profile that I would love to to get a broader audience to. I like I don't know how many of my shit poster friends are gonna get involved, but I do know that there are tons of. I also have a big following on Big Brain Twitter, so I'm sure I could bring some your way. And uh, yeah, man, you were you were a joy to have on, um, and it was really fun. I appreciate I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank um, you. I appreciate it too. And it's like, it was really great talking to you and really, uh, and I'm starting to forget words. <laughs> it's, we've had, we've it's been talking been, for like an hour, man, so I get yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been an hour and it's, it's, it's like about uh, some threshold and it, it, it will be now 15 minutes when I can pro can can it properly talk in uh, speak okay speak in english but then after those 15 to 20 minutes uh i will be like the 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 most eloquent speaker in the wild west <laughs> that's how it works man all right yeah. bye guys bye everyone yeah bye thank you